You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 58. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that's you, my friend, build real wealth, so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. Today's episode is, are annuities good or or bad. And I need to apologize for a couple of things. Number one, I did not have an episode next week. And I know, I feel like I'm letting all the listeners down because I skipped a week. The last time I had to skip a week, I think was over Christmas 2015. And I get all this anxiety built up in me because I think people are just sitting around waiting to download the next episode of Best in Wealth. However, I know when I think about it a little bit more when I'm trying to fall asleep in bed, I'm sure that's not the way it goes down. Maybe for a couple of you and for you guys, I do apologize for that. I just got really busy and I needed to make a call. Friday, things just started spiraling out of control, just with tasks, things that I needed to do. And I could have spent my Saturday getting an episode ready and delivered. But as a family steward myself, I have to take a step back sometimes and think, do I really need to do an episode or is it best to spend time with my family? And we already had plans. I didn't want to disrupt that. And as much as I like doing the show, I love spending time with my family. The other thing I need to apologize about is my last episode two weeks ago, I mentioned that I needed to take my daughters to the dentist and my youngest, Eva, was just going to start crying. It was guaranteed that this was going to be a disaster. But I'm here to tell you that I was dead wrong. She did amazing. Not a cry, not a nothing. I totally had that thing judged wrong from the last time she was at the dentist. But what I didn't remember was apparently I told Eva after her last dentist appointment six months ago, if you spin out of control again, I'm not going to let you go trick-or-treating. I actually said that. I didn't mean it, but I said it and she remembered it and it stuck in her head. And I think that was part of the driving force of her being really good. Nonetheless, she was was and that was awesome thank you eva and one more thing before we get to the topic of the day this was an all pro dad meeting today for those of you who don't know i lead an all pro dad group at my kids elementary school once a month where we sit around eat donuts and talk about how proud we are in a structured way of our kids and then we lean on and learn about a topic and this week it was honesty and I'm trying to bring each topic into the podcast, which is why I chose the topic that I did today. Because here's where I would like to talk about honesty. The financial community, for the most part, is not 
honest with how much investors or clients pay for financial products. I can't tell you how many times people come into my office and I ask them questions. How much does this mutual fund cost you? What's the expense ratio? How much does your advisor get paid? What does this annuity cost you? What about this life insurance policy? Do you know all the expenses in your whole life insurance policy? Because I don't sell financial products ever, but my job is to be an expert so I can do an x-ray on other people's financial products that they bought to help get to where they want to go, retirement, financial freedom, whatever it is. And probably 90% of people that come into the office have no idea or not a great idea how much they're paying for these products and services. And it's not their fault because the financial community has been so dishonest about how much they are paying. It's all hidden inside of long prospectuses or deep in the small print or footnotes of what this or that actually costs. And that's exactly why we're going to talk about annuities today. So let's get to the topic of the day. Are annuities good or bad? Isn't that the million dollar question? Because when I look on the internet, when I talk to people, when I talk to insurance salespeople, I get all kinds of other answers. There's a group of people that say annuities are definitely fitting for everybody's financial situation. And then I read other articles like, why I hate annuities and why they're so bad. So us as family stewards trying to discern, is it is an annuity good for me or is it bad for me, is very difficult. And we end up finally listening to someone and that someone might not be being completely honest themselves or they don't even know what they don't know. And we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But I think one of the big things is the misconception on what an annuity actually is. So the definition of an annuity, and before I get to that, we're going to talk about annuities, a couple of different kinds of them, a couple of reasons why an annuity might be good for you, and then several reasons why they might not be good for you. And finally, why would someone sell an annuity to me if it's not good for me? We're going to get into all that hopefully in about 15 minutes. So bear with me. First, the definition of an annuity. An annuity is a fixed sum of money paid to someone each year, typically for the rest of their life. That's what an annuity is. But in the annuity world... There is something called a single premium immediate annuity and then a deferred annuity. So we need to define both of them so we know what we're buying in the first place. A single premium immediate annuity, otherwise known as an SPIA, is an immediate annuity. A contract with an insurance company that guarantees you an immediate fixed income for the rest of your life and in some cases continuing for a certain period even after you die. For this promise that the insurance company gives you, however, you must sign over all the money 
you have deposited in the annuity to the insurance company with full knowledge that you will never be able to touch the money again. Apart from, of course, receiving this monthly income for the rest of your life. So an example of this is, let's say you have a $100,000. You give that $100,000 to the insurance company. It's gone. You never see it again. But in return, you get a promise of a monthly payment of, let's say, $5,000 a year or 5% a year for the rest of your life. For a lot of people, that sounds pretty good. I'm getting 5% return each and every year. Here's the downfall though. The downfall is this. You're never seeing that $100,000 again. The other downfall is inflation. Inflation can eat up that return, that 5% in a quick hurry. 20 years from today, that $5,000 that you're getting back may only buy half of what it did 20 years previously. You see, most immediate annuities don't have what's called an inflation adjuster, like your social security checks. You can buy a single premium immediate annuity with an inflation adjuster, but then the rates go down. And by the way, that 5% I just grabbed from the sky, depending on your age, and demographic and things, you could earn a higher or lower rate. That was strictly an example. But there are times when a single premium annuity may be good for you. It might be right for, for some if their expenses are low within the annuity, if they're getting a nice interest rate back. And for those of us who have a lot of fixed expenses every month and our social security just isn't covering, maybe we want to supplement with a single premium immediate annuity. And I want one more disclaimer real quick. I do not sell annuities. I do not sell insurance. So let's get that straight for a second. I just advise people in whether or not I think it's a good or bad annuity based off of expenses and investment choices, etc. So that's a single premium immediate annuity. Some people call it just an immediate annuity as well. Those are really easy to understand though. You push money to an insurance company and you get a return back each month until you die, maybe until you and your spouse dies. There's a lot of different options and that will affect the percentage that you're getting. But guess what? This is not what's being sold most of the time. This is not what everyone is talking about. Most people own what are called deferred annuities. And this deferred annuity is vastly different than what I just described to you. A deferred annuity is either a lump sum investment with the insurance company and within that that deferred annuity, there might be investment choices, mutual funds to invest inside of that annuity and then your money can grow. If it's a fixed annuity, you may get a fixed percentage return. If it's a variable deferred annuity, you may have investment choices such as mutual funds and your annuity may go up and down depending on how your investments are doing. At the end of the annuity the deferred annuity period, you can either take the lump sum of money back and go invest it or spend it somewhere else, or you can annuitize the contract. 
And when you annuitize the contract, now it turns into a single premium immediate annuity like I talked about before. Before that, though, it's just a deferred annuity. It is an investment. Now, this might, and I say might, strongly be good for someone, a deferred annuity, somebody looking for tax deferral. Because money that goes inside of a deferred annuity, you're paying with after-tax dollars. However, the money inside of there grows tax-deferred. And when it comes time to take the money back out, you get a portion of it comes back tax-free because that was your original investment. And any of the gain comes out, you must pay regular income taxes on So for people who are completely maxing out their 401ks, IRAs, 457s, health savings accounts, flexible spending accounts, all of these tax deferral tools, if you're using them completely to the max and you're a very high income earner, this is something that may be appealing to you so you can defer some more taxes on any earnings. Because if your money's in a regular taxable account, you must pay based on the income that's coming back to you, either in dividends or when you sell the investment for a profit. But here's the deal. Tax deferral sounds good, but the only way that it's going to work for you if you're in this boat is if the expenses do not inside if the expenses inside of the annuity do not outweigh the tax treatment, the tax deferral. If the expenses cost more than the tax deferral, well then it doesn't matter anyway. You're better off in a brokerage account and paying some taxes than in this super high cost deferred annuity. And we're going to get into four big reasons why this type of annuity may not be right for you. The first reason is this, they're not liquid, or at least some of them are not liquid. Here's what I mean by that. A lot of times when you buy a deferred annuity, there is what's called a surrender period. So if you're going to push $100,000 to the insurance company in this deferred annuity product and you want to get that money back a year or two later, you cannot get it back unless you take, this is just an example again, a 12 or 13% hit on your original investment. So you gave $100,000, you want it back in a year, now you might only get 88,000 back, 90,000 back. You lose whatever that surrender charge is. And sometimes that surrender charge lasts up to 10 or 15 years. And each year, that percentage you lose goes down. So maybe seven years into the contract, if you want out, you'll lose 5%. They are not liquid, or at least most of them. And when people buy them, they don't fully understand this. Because a lot of people that sell these deferred annuities, they boost up the fact that you can sometimes take 10% of the investment out surrender charge free each year. So number one, not liquid. Number two, what I was getting at before we talked about liquidity was expenses. A lot of deferred annuities are so darn expensive. So any tax deferral that you're gaining you lose from the expenses. Furthermore, these deferred annuities are often sold as a wrapper inside of an IRA already. 
So somebody who has an IRA, they're already getting the tax deferral, and now they're being sold this deferred annuity where they're getting the tax deferral again. But guess what? You can only take it once. You have to wonder why they have it in the first place. And most likely because they were sold a product that was not in their best interest. And if it's not in your best interest, if you bought one, well, then it's got to be in somebody else's best interest, like the person who sold them. And the person who who sells most deferred annuities get a very handsome commission. In some cases, 5%, 10%, even 15%. That's why there is this big surrender charge period. Because if a salesperson sells a deferred annuity, they may get a $10,000, $12,000 commission from the insurance company. So you can't sell out right away or the insurance company is in the hole for sure. What are all the expenses in there? Well, first the commissions, like I told you. And a lot of times these are sold where the insurance salesperson or the person selling the annuity says, listen, I don't get paid from you. I get paid from the insurance company. But guess what? Some way, somehow through the surrender charge, you're paying the commission. It just doesn't come directly out of that investment. The other large fee inside of a deferred annuity is what's called the mortality and expense fee. Sometimes this can be half a percent. 1%, 1.5%. And this is the wrapper of the annuity. And the wrapper gives you some sort of a death benefit. So if you pass away, whoever you list as a beneficiary will get as a death benefit your original investment. But guess what? If it wasn't in an annuity at all, all that money goes to whoever you want it to anyway. So we have that expense each and every year inside of that annuity. The second thing that you have are mutual fund expenses. And when I diagnose people's deferred annuities, the mutual funds inside of many, many of these deferred annuities are extremely expensive. In a lot of cases, 1% or 1.5%. So now we're looking at the M&E fees, the mortality and expense fee, plus mutual fund fees. They could, that could be 2%, 3% or more. And then we have what's called riders. There's so many riders out there and they all cost money. I'm just going to give you one. Here's one example, a guaranteed minimum accumulation benefit rider. This rider basically puts another balance on your annuity statement. And this is kind of a fictitious balance because it's not real money, but it's a guaranteed, you know, maybe 5% per year that's added to the annuity as a separate line. It's not your true value of the annuity. And this rider might cost you half a percent, one percent, maybe even more. And this fictitious number that isn't the true value of your annuity, that number can be used if you actually, think about what I talked before, annuitize the contract with this particular insurance company, then you can annuitize using the fake balance. If you ever want your money back, though, you're only getting the value, the true value of the annuity. Whatever your original investment was, minus all of these expenses that I'm talking about, 
and then however your investments did. And because of all these riders and all this stuff, it brings me to number three, why I don't particularly like annuities. They're so hard to understand. There's so much language. If you look at a prospectus in an, in an annuity, it might be 150 pages, 300 pages of small print giving you information about all these riders you were sold that you don't understand. So when I ask people, how much is this annuity costing you? They have no idea. And then when I do the x-ray on the annuity, it's costing 3% or more with all of the expenses. So what happens is the annuity doesn't grow very fast. So this fake line, this, this guaranteed minimum income, only, only if you annuitize the contract, that number seems to outpace the real number because all of these expenses, it's so hard to overcome expenses. That's why I have a very hard time with deferred annuities. And another reason why I don't like them, number four, I'm going to give you this real quick, is that a lot of times they're sold as guarantees. And yes, in some way, shape, or form, that fake balance that I'm talking about may be guaranteed, but only if you stick with this insurance company for the rest of your life. I don't like when anyone in the investment community throws around the word guarantee because when they do, you should probably run. These things are so complex. And I tell anyone that is about to buy one, never ever buy a deferred annuity unless you fully understand what the expenses are and what the advantages are for you. And anyone who has an annuity, a deferred annuity that's wrapped inside of an IRA already, you have to really wonder if you were sold a product that was not in your best interest. And that's difficult for a lot of people because people, when they make a decision, they anchor down to that decision and they don't want to take a deep dive inside of the annuity because they've been in it for a number of years. They don't want to be wrong. So instead, they bury their head in the sand and just pretend that they should just continue to trust this insurance guy that sold the annuity. I can relate to that. That's what I did when I was $68,000 in debt in my 20s. I buried my head in the sand for a long time because I didn't want to deal with it. And what I tell people is, listen, who cares what decision you have made in the past? We've all made bad decisions. The only thing you can do is look forward and make decisions moving forward. And you owe it to yourself to really unearth all the details in any financial product you have to make sure that is absolutely in your best interest. Because we're family stewards. We have a lot of life to live. We have to watch over our family. We have passions. We want to build abundance in our cornerstones. And we cannot do that if we are trying to get there, wherever it is, financial freedom, successful retirement, if the products that, are, that we're using aren't in our best interest. And most deferred annuities aren't. So what can you do about it? So let's say, for example, somebody bought a deferred annuity for $100,000 many, many years ago. And this deferred annuity, although it has a ton of expenses, grew to $200,000. 
Well, if you just cash out of that annuity, you have a $100,000 gain of ordinary income taxes you have to pay. That's a large burden. But the tax code is set up in a way where you can do a 1035 exchange, that's what it's called, to a deferred annuity that might be a lot less expensive with a lot better investments. And in the last couple of years, finally, there has been companies that have popped up that have super low expenses for deferred annuities, very good low-cost investments, no commissions, no surrender charges, nothing. Everything is stripped out. So I assist people in transferring them from these bad annuity products into very low-cost annuity products. And if they're, in an I, if they're already wrapped in an IRA, well, then we unravel it and get rid of it because there is no tax consequence because it still has the IRA wrapper. We get rid of the deferred annuity contract and just get them into low-cost, value-added, index-like investments. So now they have the product that's going to get them to where they want to go so much quicker. So why would anybody even sell a product like this, Scott? Well, number one is most people who sell deferred annuities, they don't even know what they don't know. They have been trained by the insurance companies that these are great products for everybody out there, regardless of their financial situation, for the most part. So they don't even know that there's better products out there. They haven't even been trained and are experts in all the different ways to build wealth. Because all they know is one thing. They're a one-trick pony. They know how to sell their insurance company's annuities. So if you bought one, you may have bought one from a very nice person. They don't know what they don't know. So don't blame them, but do something about it yourself. Number two, some people who sell annuities, these bad ones, they know, they know they're not good. They know that there's better ones out there. They know that, for the most part, people don't need deferred annuities. But guess what? Their livelihood depends on it. That's why. And it's tough sometimes. If you are trying to make a living and you work off of commissions, well, you know what? I might sell some deferred annuities to some people where it might not be in their best interest. Listen, everybody. I sure hope this was helpful. If you have a deferred annuity and you want me to dissect it for you, I will do that for you. It won't cost you a dime. All you need to do is email me, scott at bestandwealth.com, and we'll engage in a conversation. You can I'll send over a secure link so you can send me your statement, and I will unravel this for you. So you can make decisions that are not in your insurance guy's best interest, but in your best interest. Do it if you have one, you owe it to yourself. And everybody, I hope you have an unbelievable week. And I'm going to see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. Take care.
The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.